0: Wolfpack, a picture is truly worth a thousand words. And one thing we talk a lot about on this show is making sure you remember those vacations with the people that you love. So whether you're coming to Florida to visit Disney or even its surrounding areas, Hinson Photography specializes in vacation portraits for everyone. This is a wonderful souvenir that you and the ones you love will absolutely never forget. Visit hinson photography so that's h-i-n-s-o-n photography.com or call 386-478-8099 to learn more about booking vacation portraits with hinson photography again that is hinson h-i-n-s-o-n photography.com or call 386-478-8099 to learn more about the packages that they offer Hi, pals, and welcome to the show. I am, of course, the Wolf of Disney, and we are joined today, Wolfpack, by someone that I have gotten to know through this through this medium, and uh, his name is Brian Lee. He is the host of the United We Fan podcast. He's also the host of Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, which I get to join him on occasion when, when I'm able to, and uh, we're able to all come together on Monday nights for Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. He also does a live stream on this Diz Life called United We Fan Plus, so going over all things Disney+, Plus, but I'm excited to welcome Brian Lee. Brian, thank you so much for uh, coming in and hanging out with us today. I'm excited to have you. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, how have you been? And uh, thanks so much for joining us, pal.
1: You're making me sound far more important than I actually am when you talk about me being busy. I'm only busy because I have four children. That's really the <laughs> only thing that's keeping me busy, but I appreciate making me sound good.
0: Can I, call yeah. can I call you? Can I call
1: Ethan, or is Wolf the only name I'm supposed to use right now?
0: Sir, you, you can call me whatever you want. I'm easy, but if Ethan's fine, Ethan's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That that works for me.
0: How 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 have you been? I I uh, I always look forward to getting together with you on Mondays, and uh, I haven't seen you since then. So how have you been?
1: Yeah, been good. It's been a it's been quite the week. Um, I'm transitioning from one job to another um so it's uh it's been eventful i've i've not done this many times in my life especially transferring careers so but i'm excited to use uh my sports management education so i'm i'm pretty excited about that
0: that's awesome very cool i um i do want to get a little bit into that in a little bit but the first thing that i typically like to uh, ask our guests on the show is uh what are some of the things you've been watching lately? And I, and I know I know the, the quick answer is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but uh, I'm curious about people's other interests outside of Disney, and I always try to get that from a perspective of the things that they watch on TV. So what else have you been watching lately, Brian?
1: Um so it's been kind of fun. My kids are getting into like old school looney tunes. So we're Ooh. getting just in time to introduce them to Space Jam. In time nice. for the new Space Jam movie, which I'm sure is going to let me down and, and many others as well. But um, yeah. I said on, on United We Fan this week that it just feels like it's a big HBO Max commercial. So we'll see how that how that goes. But no, I, I mean, you said outside of Disney. I've been watching the Mighty Ducks Game Changers and I'm actually yes. like surprised at how much I like that show. Um, yes. Gordon Gordon Bombay and and the Gilmore girl make a good couple so I'm kind of hoping <laughs> yeah. rooting for that a little bit. Um outside of that I'm going back through rewatching. I'm always in the middle of an office rewatch. I'm always in the middle of a yes. Parks and Rec rewatch. Um, so I mean that's that's all going on. Um but for the most part I'm I my time is taken up by by cartoons, Sheriff Callie and and things like that and when it's not that I'm usually Watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or rewatches of WandaVision.
0: Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I um I've definitely I talked a little bit last week with John, but I've definitely enjoyed Game Changers much more than I thought that I would as well. I thought that it would be more kid-driven, and I think they do a good job of creating a just a family-friendly show that I think everybody can easily pick up and watch, um, and just simply enjoy. So I'm glad that, that you and the family are enjoying that. And Looney Tunes man they they've got some classic classic looney tunes i used to love the road runner and the coyote and they're like you know they're 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 uh, their pieces together were always a lot of fun so so how how old are your kids I don't, I, what, I don't know i don't know what it is
1: like i've tried i, I, I apologize it. i was just gonna say i've tried like the the adventures of the gummy bears and the old original Ducktales. And things like that, and it just doesn't capture them. Like Darkwing Duck didn't even do it. So I don't know what yeah. it is about the Looney Tunes specifically, but yeah. it is what it is. But my kids are just turned nine, nice. uh, almost seven, almost four, and then Parker is six months. So very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool indeed. Um, so they're right at that right age for for Looney Tunes for sure. Looney Tunes I think captures probably a lot of their attention, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, let's, let's get into Disney. I, 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 the the first thing that I sort of want to ask you is where did your love, you know, for Disney sort of start and, and what did it sort of lead to for you?
1: So for me, my first trip to Disney world was in 1996. Um, So that would have made me what, eight years old. And uh, I grew up in Denver, Colorado. um, Mm -hmm. So Disney on either coast, not super close. Um, But 1996, I know I'd been to Disneyland a little bit before that. But my trip I remember, I remember the Pink Birthday Cake Castle. And everybody gets mad when I talk about how much I love the Pink Birthday Cake Castle. But it's my first memory, and I just don't care. I love the Pink Birthday Cake (laughs) uh castle and everybody talks about the the weddings getting canceled and all that kind of stuff because it was so ugly and i just don't care um but that's really what i remember i remember being frightened to death of the tower of terror at that time um but that's i was hooked man like i we came every other year i remember coming in new year's eve 1999 the y2k new year's eve we did magic kingdom and at nine in the morning we plopped ourselves on the wall by cinderella's well kind of in that area and i remember the the generators kicking on the world was going to end and if their world was going to end we wanted to be in the magic kingdom i remember we ate at liberty tree tavern that night my brother (laughs) had gone back to all Star to take a nap and uh they wouldn't let him back in the park so i don't know what my dad did or said but they let my brother back in eventually but It was, it was bonkers, man. Like New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve in the park is something even like 12 year old me just vowed to never do again.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Well, it's pretty cool that you had an experience on, on, you know, the day of reckoning. I can remember Y2K being like sort of that day as well, where everyone was in a panic and everyone was listening to JLo's new song. I'm pretty sure waiting for tonight, you know, it was like, that was what everyone was doing. So that's that's a pretty cool story. Um, <laughs> but uh, so obviously, Brian, and I, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but you did mention that you're, you're shifting into a new career, um, which I'm really excited for you. And and I, I was fortunate enough to know you as a cast member. And do you want to talk a little bit about your time as a cast member?
1: Yeah, so I I was a front desk manager um for port orleans riverside i did that for uh several years um and then that whole global pandemic nuisance came around and kind of kind of played wreak havoc it just in my life nobody else's life i don't think but it did wreak havoc just in my life for sure um but so i was i was uh yeah without getting into too much detail i was i stayed on um, with Disney throughout that, and I was at closed resorts, so I've seen stuff that nobody's really ever seen at a Disney resort. And we'll just kind of leave it at that. But I, sure. I spent the last little bit um, working at All Star Movies. I uh, reopened that resort, um, and I listened to Mark and Dwayne talk about not the budget resorts, but the value resorts. Um, yeah. And I'm really proud of I'm really proud of that resort and the amount of work that we put in to get it reopened. Mm -hmm. Um, but my passion is in, is in sports management. I have a master's education in that. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to land a job within sports. And so I, it's time for me to leave Disney and transfer into that new role. So I'm excited.
0: That's awesome. Um, so you went to school for, for like sports management, things of that nature. Um, have you always had a love for sports as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I speak, I speak sports statistics. That's that's kind of my favorite thing. Okay. I'm a stat head. I'm a big baseball fan. So that's really yeah. where where that pays dividends. But um I just I've I've always been a, a sports guy. I used to work sports retail for a long time. We lived in St. Louis, Missouri for a while doing doing that and before I went back to school for hospitality. And then when I was with Disney I was able to get that masters in sports management. But my love for sports just never goes away. That itch is always there. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Congratulations. I, um, like I said, I I knew you as a cast member, but I also knew that you had some other dreams and aspirations and I'm excited for you. Definitely, uh, hope that this goes well for you. And it seems like, you know, if sports management, things of that nature are just sort of like what you itch for, what you love, what you care about, then, then I'm sure you're going to do just fine. So I'm excited for you. And, uh, I do want to ask you just a couple questions about being a cast member, if that's okay. Um, Like what were some of the good things for you that sort of came out for working for a
1: company like Disney? I plead the fifth. No, 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 I'm just (laughs) kidding. Um, No, some of the great things. uh, I mean, it's, it's always a dream, man. You put that, you put that name tag on and being known in the first, in the first name with everybody you're dealing with, where, Mr. Rossin and and to you I'm Brian and I always will be until you tell me to call you Mr. Ross is my father and and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. But um no, it's just it's a dream, man. Like getting to do the coolest thing about being a cast member is getting to do backstage tours of getting mm-hmm. to see how an attraction owns and operates and being able to stroke the yak hair of Betty the Yeti on Expedition Everest and yeah, And just cool. seeing how things work, the backstage tour of Haunted Mansion and just all the cool ins and outs of that attraction and stories of how it works. And it's just really, really, it's really cool. Like that's kind of the biggest perk of being a cast member for me. That was and among hundreds of other things. But that one was really cool.
0: That is cool. So you mentioned too, were those two your favorites? Was there like an ultimate favorite of like favorite to go behind the scenes on?
1: um I I was able to do uh to see some behind the scenes and Galaxy's Edge um but that wasn't like a full-blown backstage tour but to see the back to see the backstage of of Galaxy's Edge was was a neat experience for me um Mm -hmm. it, it it was just it was a whole different whole different world man but but Expedition Everest is my number one favorite attraction um removing the recency and just every bias that i have in my book of star wars rise of the resistance Um, but expedition everest that one was really neat to see just the behind the scenes of that and how it works and how the track flips over after you go backwards and just all that was really really neat so that one kind of special to me it's kind of blasphemous to say like haunted mansion i can i can take it or leave it like it's i i'm not a diehard for the haunted mansion like and it's got that it's got that cult following but if it's more than a 30 minute wait i'm just not doing it
0: wow okay that makes sense is is um is it, is is it any different going to the parks as a cast member or i don't know if you've stayed at any of the resorts but does that make make for a different experience because you work there or do you or do you not even necessarily take advantage of going like I don't know. Do when you go on vacation? Do you go to Disney World like like the rest of us?
1: With such small kids, um, we we went pretty regularly uh, to get to go for just a couple of hours on a Tuesday night in February when the park was next to empty. I really missed that. Um, Coronavirus really played a, a role in us not getting to go very often. We did get to do some cast member previews when they were starting to get up and running around middle of july last year and kind of test protocols and and stuff like that um getting to ride mickey and minnie's runaway railway a week before Mm -hmm. it opened was a cool perk that that i got to do um they didn't let me take my kids on that one unfortunately but um the kids have done it since and they they really love that attraction but just i we went to the park still the park still had that magic for me um Mm -hmm. i know some people that it kind of takes it away, but I also never worked in the parks. So I think that might have something to do with it. Um, sure. my wife and I, um, and when you talk about my Disney story, um, I yeah. guess it, the love for it really came back. We, we did our honeymoon at Coronado Springs Oh, nice. and that was in 2011. Um, uh, yep. so 2011. So we just stayed at Coronado Springs again, just a couple of weeks ago to celebrate our 10th anniversary.
0: Congratulations! And,
1: uh, it was, it was, it was awesome. Like, Thank you, I appreciate that, and I do apologize if we're having a lot of audio delays on our end. Uh, if this is coming across a little bit funky, so um, okay. it's absolutely my fault, but I'm having to record in a different in a different environment than I'm used to. So, um, but yeah, so we stayed at Coronado Springs, and I didn't notice a difference other than the fact that it was just a little bit cheaper.
0: Sure. Oh, that's that's awesome. And again, congratulations to you and your wife. Ten years is. Uh... That's pretty incredible. And you've got four beautiful children. I got to meet them on my last trip. So congratulations to you, your wife and your family and many more years of happiness, uh, Brian, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty darn cool. So um, I, 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 I love where this conversation is going. I'd love to get into some of my favorite questions, which are 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 to learn more about your favorites. And the one thing that I, I love about you, and I'll I'll continue to to get further and further into this as we get closer and closer to talking about United We fan. But one thing I love about you and and, and Mark or Marky Mark is y- you guys have such a it's like a raw intelligence for so many different things. And it all comes through in your podcast that you do the amount of things that you enjoy, the amount of things that you have a knowledge about that I'm always very impressed by this. So um, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about some of your favorites. And I think I know a few of them just in conversating with you, but um, in terms of Disney, let's start with, with film. Do you have a favorite Disney film that you just simply enjoy?
1: Uh, watched it today actually. Emperor's Emperor's New Groove is my number one. Wow. I I love that movie so much. Kronk is my favorite Disney character. If there was a character meet and greet, I would pay any amount of money to make that happen.
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think um I think that's one of those films that doesn't necessarily get enough love. Um, but it had a stellar cast, it had an awesome story. There were some really funny moments throughout it. Um and it definitely does not get enough love in the parks or in just even like talk about film wise, it doesn't get a whole lot of love. So that's, it's a good pick. Good pick. What about with Pixar? Do you have a favorite Pixar movie?
1: Uh, I mean, emotionally it's toy story and it always will be nothing will ever top the original toy story for me. I was the perfect age when it came out. Uh, I, everything was marketed toward me. I had, I had everything, um, army men and, and Woody and buzz and just all, all those toys. Um, I will say, I did have a Mr. Potato head before that movie came out. No big deal. So, uh, <laughs> but cool. I, other than that, like with looking at, looking at Pixar as a whole and how much I enjoy and what the film message is and what it means to me inside out is uh hands down my number my number one pixar movie removing the emotion uh just sentimentality from it inside out is just an incredible film from start to finish for me
0: yeah did it did that did did the reason why the you know from toy story to inside out does that have anything to do with the fact that you have children did they enjoy that more or did you enjoy it more from a standpoint of the kids within it or, or really Riley? Um, I think
1: my, um, it helps me kind of understand a little bit more. Like, I think they did a good job at representing what a, what a child goes through, especially Mm -hmm. with me and my potential career of being, of moving from one location to another. Um, I'm going to be careful with how I kind of approach it, um, from that Mm -hmm. standpoint. Sure. But, I nothing really I just think it was really clever everything that they that they came up with and the story they were able to tell through the eyes of an 11 year old Um, and just the parents I really enjoyed going into the parents brains and how they operate and I am very much like Riley's dad in my control emotion is anger that is (laughs) I am quick to anger sometimes um, to a fault for sure. And uh, so that, that really spoke to me. And then I always give my wife crap about who her helicopter pilot is of of who <laughs> does she dream she wish she'd ended up with instead. But right, <laughs> um, I think she six out of seven days on the week, I think she's happy she married me. So I think we're doing okay
0: that's a good thing yeah i try to say the th- same thing about jen i think anytime that i say like let's go to disney i become the 10 out of 10 i'm the helicopter pilot pilot and I'm, <laughs> in a, I'm in good shape so um but but no inside out i agree it, it definitely i would almost love to see it incorporated in the parks i almost think that you know replacing figment and uh, journey into imagination would be cool to do something Ooh, with careful. inside out yeah i could yeah i could get canceled but Um, I I
1: completely agree, completely agree. I love Figment. I I truly do love Figment, but an Inside Out attraction would be incredible.
0: Absolutely. And if we had to use a a place that's already standing, I think Inside Out and Figment would be a good switcheroo, and I think it would be really cool to see. But uh, I'm going to head into your favorite, or at least what I think is your favorite, which is Marvel. And I, I have wanted to ask a couple questions and we had sort of a big tournament of, of movies, but what is Brian Lee's absolute favorite film from the Marvel universe that, that exists? So that's, that's anything really.
1: Um, yeah. So, uh, so I will say um, Star Wars is my one. Um I, okay. I love if you, if you told me I could never watch another Marvel film or never watch another Star Wars film, um, I would, I would choose to watch Star Wars over Marvel. Which, wow. um, I I love Marvel. You know how much I love Marvel. So yeah. Star Wars is is my number one. But that being said, when we're talking when we're talking Marvel, it's definitely coming from the MCU. Just the way the MCU integrates everything. Um, I love it. I will say my favorite film is Avengers Endgame, but I feel like that's cheating a little bit because it really is twenty two films in one. Um mm-hmm. so if I can't pick Avengers Endgame I'm I'm stuck between Captain America: The Winter Soldier which has been really fresh on my mind with with Falcon and Winter Soldier right now um mm-hmm. but that film with The Fall of Hydra spoiler alert um yeah. and Robert Redford and and all that like the way they integrate that film the way that story is told is great and it has the the elevator fight scene in it which is amazing yeah. and we get that scene sort of back in Avengers Endgame but Guardians of the Galaxy would be my other one. I love the original nice. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep.
0: Yeah, me too. And, you know, like you know, I, I just really recently got a little bit more incorporated, a little bit more affiliated with the Marvel films. And Guardians of the Galaxy was the one that I'm pretty sure was pushed on me first. Like, hey, you should just watch this, see if you can get into it, and then go from there. And I definitely I fell in love with the characters. Peter Quill eh, just – I feel like I embody him in so many ways. I'm I'm goofy. I sing. I listen to music all the time. So um he's definitely become a lot of fun. But over over the course, so I know that you enjoyed the the comic books. Have you have you appreciated the way that they have incorporated the comic books going further into the series? Uh, like with WandaVision, like with you know, the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Are you okay with the fact that they don't always follow the comic book or are you a little disappointed by that?
1: no i there's there's reasons so first and foremost i i'm not like the biggest comic despite what what mark has said on on earth's mightiest weirdos and everything else like i I mean i've read them um Mm -hmm. but for the most part my comic quote unquote perceived knowledge um very much stems from the mcu i start with what comes in the film and then i branch out from there I kind I of see. take the film to be my my learning point, my starting point, and then kind of branching out from there and learning more about more about them from from that way. Now, that being said, I'm I would be very disappointed if the if WandaVision was the House of M comic adaptation because then I would just go read House of M and I would know what's going to happen. Um, okay. And the best part of the MCU is is especially something like WandaVision where we're speculating, speculating, speculating. If we could just go read it, then I would just go read it. And then there's no point in watching it play out so there's no there's no fun to that and that's that's my that's my i hang up's not the right word but that's why i prefer live sports or something like that versus a broadway play where there's people in the audience that know what's going to happen kind of deal in sports nobody knows what's going to happen now obviously in in content on disney plus stuff like that people know but nobody really knows at the same time so i mean it's 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 the empire strikes back when luke i am your father or excuse me no i am your father i gotta quote it properly um (laughs) but that's that's like even harrison ford like mark hamill was like the only person besides george lucas that that knew mark hamill popping up at the end of the mandalorian season two there was only a handful of people that knew that secret and that's what makes that type of content watching so much more exciting for me
0: yeah definitely i I have to say, I think Marvel, for the most part, has done a really good job of keeping people interested. I think WandaVision brought in a whole new slew of people that really had never heard of, you know, action superhero films and brought in this whole other dynamic of a sitcom and, you know, kind of going back and forth, but still incorporating an element of, you know, the superheroes and the powers and the, that, that people just really enjoyed. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed digging into those episodes because I think it allowed for a lot of speculation. It allowed for a lot of uh, talk, a lot of talking points. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But um, Brian, who is, who is your favorite superhero? And I, I can, can sort of guess maybe Captain America, but obviously with end game, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different voices and styles in there and guardians of the galaxy as well. You got a lot of voices in there, but who was your favorite superhero? Yes,
1: yeah, Steve Rogers is is my number 1 and always always will be. Um close, mm-hmm. not even a close second, but second place is Rocket from the Guardians. Yeah. Um just Rocket and the vulnerability he shows especially in volume 2 when he's fighting Yandu and and yeah. just becoming the captain with Thor and and being the rabbit, the adventures of Pirate Angel and Rabbit like Thor <laughs> Thor's also uh, really high up, especially after Ragnarok. I can't wait for Love and Thunder, um, yeah. and just I loved I loved his character in Endgame, and and just the emotion that comes through of him still being worthy to wield Mjolnir. Uh, yeah. Just man, they tell some really great stories around some really stupid ideas, don't they?
0: Yeah, they sure do. Yes, indeed, they do. All right, well, let's pop into one Magic which Hammer,
1: is- and and we still yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, let's jump in the 1A, Star Wars, um, which is which I think is probably still my favorite. Um, You know, Disney and and Pixar are definitely my number my number one and number one A. But if I had to put a number two on something, it would probably be Star Wars. So let's jump into that. What was your favorite film, you know, from the from the from the series of films that have come out? So there's you know, there's nine sort of to choose from.
1: Well, if you counted Solo and Rogue One, which Rogue One I would I would throw okay. kind of in the middle of the, of the group. I, I like Rogue One a lot. Um, nice. yeah, Solo, a I movie. like what it did. I hope I hope they can follow up Solo. Donald um, Donald Glover is one of my favorite actors, so seeing him as Lando and just absolutely nailing it, I really really yeah. liked that. But my favorite film of all time um, is The Empire Strikes Back, Episode Five, and yeah. I don't foresee that ever ever changing. Um, Avengers: Endgame is probably number two, but it it doesn't even come close to Empire for me personally.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with you. I think Empire is my favorite as well. And then, uh, you know, like like so many other Star Wars fans, I think this question is warranted. But what did what did you think of the um, additional three films that Disney put out? The we'll call it the Ray Saga. Um, were you a fan? Were you not a fan? Did you did you did you at least appreciate the storyline? Um, what were your what were your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: I'm I'm a fan to the standpoint of I have a golden retriever named Finn, um, and I okay. have a almost four year old daughter named Ray. Um, oh, so there we go. I mean, I I liked it enough to name my daughter after the lead Jedi. Um, yeah. so Ray. I love Ray. I love the character of Ray. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, the Force Awakens. Um, mm-hmm. I am very frustrated by the lack of creative leads within Lucasfilm at the at the time of the creation of this trilogy. Um, they should have just handed the reins over to J.J. Abrams for all three to let him tell the story that he wanted to tell, and yep. then firing Colin Trevorrow and bringing bringing jj abrams back to really first half of rise of skywalker tell his episode eight and then wrap up the entire skywalker saga that film is extremely uh clunky um that film does not work for me really on any level um Mm -hmm. i I, it really let me down i i the 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 best way i can uh bring up my disappointment in the rise of skywalker and I I will fully admit this. Um, I was at Star Wars Celebration Chicago two thousand nineteen, the Episode Nine panel, uh, and they showed the trailer. And no one's ever really gone. And then you get the Emperor's laugh, and then they yeah. bring Ian McDermott, the Emperor, on stage and says, "That's the big reveal that he's in this film." Yeah. And and then he's he stands on the stage and says, "Play it again," and they replayed the trailer. And I was hyped, man. Like getting the Emperor back was was so, so cool. And Mm -hmm. then the way they explain it in the film is somehow Palpatine returned. That's all we got. And that was super, super frustrating for me. So episode nine really dragged that trilogy, that that sequel trilogy down for me. I will defend The Last Jedi um, till my dying days. I really do like that movie. So overall, I'm happy with two thirds of of that trilogy, but it's yeah. really a bummer that nine ended the way that it did for me.
0: I gotcha. Well, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head for me. I think you know I'm 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 not a dad. I don't have a daughter, but if I did, like what a great way to show off, you know, a female lead in a in a in a powerhouse type of move. Um, as a jedi i think that's so cool i think it's awesome that your daughter's name is ray like that is very very cool um but no i enjoyed the series for from a standpoint of the storyline i can appreciate that they wanted to extend the series i think a lot of people were excited to get something out of out of the star wars saga and and continue it in some way but i do think that the story writing towards the end especially was just left a lot of open you know sort of pieces and I think a lot of people felt that way too about episode two into episode three left out a lot, which is obviously clone wars. uh, The the series there covered a lot of those questions as well, but it'll be interesting to see if maybe later on, they do something similar for sort of the, the in between of episode eight and episode nine. I'd be interested to see if they do anything there. And I think that's maybe the cool thing about those stories is there's such an in between that you could put, you could put stories for days in between any of those movies for sure. And, and, and Rogue One was a, was a prime example of that. So.
1: Yeah. Like I'm, I'm hardcore enough Star Wars that, uh, star, like Ahsoka Tano is, is my favorite Star Wars character. Um, so seeing her show up in live action on the Mandalorian is great, but the, the Clone Wars and particularly Star Wars rebels, um, the character of Ahsoka and just being Anakin's Padawan and then in, in Rebels in the season finale for or, uh, for season two when she comes back face to face with Vader and seeing Anakin's face through a shattered helmet. Uh, just the stories they're able to tell through animation. I I love Dave Filoni. Um, for me, yeah. he's on the level of Kevin Feige as, as running, running something and... I, I don't want to be the, I, I don't like Kathleen Kennedy guy, but I just, I want her to cease creational control, creative control. I, I want yeah. Dave Filoni to take over. Um, she can run the business day to day, whatever, but I, mm-hmm. I, her creative, she doesn't, and it's unfair to her because she's being compared to Kevin Feige over at Marvel, but she just can't build a world and build continuity and consistency Nobody can do it on a Feige level, but it's that's what my expectation is as a Star Wars Marvel fan. And yeah. maybe it's unfair, but Kevin Feige's first love is Star Wars. So I, I don't know if he were offered the job, if he'd turn it down. I don't know if I want him to take it, but just right. give Dave Filoni creative control and and I'll and I'll stop. I'll get off my soapbox, but um, <laughs> once I get going, I never stop.
0: Uh, that's okay. That's okay. I um, I definitely feel as though with The Mandalorian – you know, watching John Favreau and Dave Filoni sort of put together a series worth watching—that to me was sort of the 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 big element that I saw as Star Wars continuing to move forward. Um, I think they're they're doing so much live action stuff that I'm excited about it. I think they they did a great job with Mandalorian. I think they'll continue to do well with Book of Boba. I'm excited to see the new adventures without grogu or, or baby Yoda i'm I'm sort of excited to see where that series can go. I think it has a lot of potential but i do wonder if the absence of grogu will hinder the people of the universe from watching. do you think that's the case?
1: i I think that's possible um if I can complain a little bit about the Mandalorian and if you've listened to united we fan, I vented about this in our episode about season two of The Mandalorian. Bringing yep. in Luke Skywalker is incredible. I, You cannot tell me that that was the wrong decision other than the problem that the sequel trilogy put Star Wars in of 25 years from now, Luke just took Grogu. I know Luke fails. I know Luke ends up abandoning everything. Now we just need to tell the story of point A to point B. That's really, okay. really frustrating if they had brought in any other Jedi, because as a fan of the Star Wars animation, I'm used to there being Jedi that are never mentioned in the films. They talk about how they're, only, they're the only ones left, and but there's these whole other group of people telling their stories elsewhere, and I'm fine with that. Had it been any other Jedi besides Luke Skywalker, I think the potential is much stronger. So mm-hmm. for them to kind of box themselves in with it being Luke Skywalker actually bummed me out a little bit, other than the yeah. fact, holy crap, that's Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. Sure the CGI yeah. is whatever. I don't care sure. about that kind of stuff, but from a storyline perspective, it just brings it down a notch for me. I it took until seeing R2D2 before I was like giddy out of my seat.
0: Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I um I'm curious Brian, have you ever played like any of the are you, I don't know if you're a video game player, have you ever played The Battlefronts or um, fallen order of uh, the star wars they've got the new one rogue squadron are you are you a gamer do you play any of those or have
1: you i i'm i'm the farthest thing you would call you would call a gamer um, but i okay. i do have battlefront battlefront 2 jedi fallen order and squadrons um, nice. i set them on the easiest setting so i can get through it and i know the storyline um, cool. that's basically it um, I really liked the character of Cal Kestis. I don't, Yes. I don't want to claim that I think Cal Kestis should have been the Jedi at the end of, of Mandalorian though. That would have been cool. Um, but when you're talking about cutting out the film audience to the TV audience, when we're talking mm-hmm. TV audience, the video game audience, like that's an even right. bigger Easter egg. Um, sure. so Cal Kestis would have been, would have been cool. Um, his droid bd1 i would like to see him in an, in a live action role that was a cool droid um, and star mm-hmm. wars is all about the droid so um, yeah. that would have been cool so i do know the storylines of the games but it's yeah. big waste of money for me honestly because most of the time my playstation's just sitting there and i spend 60 bucks to play a to play jedi fallen order one time through and then i don't pick it up until the next star wars game comes out
0: i got you yeah no i that's that is essentially why i asked because i wanted to get your take on on um carl I, I i just recently started playing the game myself and i i found myself thinking oh man it would have been really cool if he showed up to you know to save the day and then you could have had a whole nother series because i do agree with you in the fact that i think bringing in luke in in spoiler alert for those of you that haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet but when you bring in luke to the mandalorian you you sort of close off or or you you open up the idea of, I want to see what happens here. And, you know, we know the downfall because of we've seen the other film or, you know, I need to know what happened here. So I I agree. They sort of put themselves in a pretty, pretty tough box where I think that if you had brought in maybe someone that wasn't as known, you'd at least have the potential of like, all right, that closes this book out altogether, or it opens the door for uh, the potential of another series. So.
1: But it made a lot of uh, sense to bring in an actor to play Cal Kestis in the video game too, because it's that Cameron Monaghan kid. He played Ian Gallagher on on Shameless. Like, if yep. you're going to bring in an actual actor per, to portray a video game character, like it it only makes sense to bring him in at some point. Like, why spend yep. that kind of money unless the kid was literally just willing to do it for peanuts to be a Jedi? Like, I suppose that's possible too. But True. Very I true. Don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either, but uh, let's let's head over into the parks. This is this is always my favorite conversation because I think for me, this is why I started this podcast. It's why I uh, I enjoy getting people on to, to talk about, you know, the parks themselves. And so I'm curious, Brian, obviously, you know, you I know you've been to all four parks, or at least I s- assume that you have. What is your favorite park to go to, whether it's by yourself or with the family? And is there a, is there a difference
1: So it has to be in Florida, right? I can't pick the the two California parks.
0: You can if you want to. You're more than welcome to.
1: So I, I prefer Disneyland Park and California Adventure over any of the four parks in Florida. Um, but I do know that uh, that your listeners are primarily Florida based, so I'll I'll just I'll just stay there. But I will just simply okay. say that combine the magic kingdom and add galaxy's edge and you have Disneyland park and it's, wow. it's amazing. So, um, okay. but I, oh, so I'll stick in Florida though. Um, my okay. favorite park hands down is Hollywood studios being the star Wars fan that I am. Um, yeah. I love rock and roller coaster, even though I'd be fine if Aerosmith left, uh, yep. Tyleisha, um, and, <laughs> uh, tower of terror is amazing. Um, number two for me, uh, is magic kingdom. Yeah. Um, being, being a cast member for so long, having to park at the transportation and ticket center and then get to the magic kingdom is really the only thing that prevented me from ever going as often as I wanted to, sure. um, just because it's such a pain in the butt to, to do. Um, I, then I'll go with animal kingdom. I, mm-hmm. the Safari's amazing. Um, Pandora, Pandora is wonderful, even though I don't give two craps about avatar, that's sure. not a movie that I that I care about. Mm-hmm. I missed the hype um, yeah. of Avatar. Um, let's just say I was at a point in my life where I literally couldn't go see it. So I, I had like heard that. about it for six to eight months before I was able to go see it, and yep. it just it missed the mark for me. Yeah. Um, but the land is really cool. Flight of Passage is a great attraction. Yep. um Navi river journey uh much to be desired there it's one cool animatronic and that's all it really has to offer for me um yep. and then Epcot I'm not an alcohol drinker um and sure. I I eat like a five-year-old um so <laughs> there's not a ton that Epcot has to offer to me um yeah. I miss crash test dummy chest Track tremendously I wish it sure. came back um I like soaring over California more than soaring around the world okay. um but still um Epcot, I would still rather go to Epcot than to go many other places. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's my fourth out of four.
0: Gotcha, no, perfectly understandable. Do do you do you have a favorite place to eat within the parks, or or do you prefer to eat? I love the the Mexico
1: Pavilion at Epcot. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So I mean, I like I like California Grill, um, at at Contemporary. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the mexican pavilion in epcot i really really like the mexican pavilion the one inside the pyramid the san Angelian. um i really like really like that one uh lasallier over in canada is also wonderful um my favorite snack found at disney um is is the beignets down at port orleans french quarter um i really do enjoy those beignets um everybody talks about the boozy ones again i don't drink alcohol so Um, I don't know much there, but, um, there's just, there's, man, there's so many, there's so many good restaurants that we never got to go to. But if I had to pick one favorite, man, Whispering Canyon's a lot of fun at Women's Lodge. I really, I really enjoy eating there, especially when you compare it price-wise to some other places around. Um, I like Whispering Canyon.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, so Brian, First and foremost, I I do just want to take a moment again to to thank you for coming on to the show. I I got to know you a little bit. I think I think the initial you know time that I got introduced to you, I think Piano, Piano Rob was talking about you in in one of his live streams and you know told everybody to go check you out. So I I subscribed to the podcast and I, I listened to the first few episodes and I was like, oh my gosh, this is. This is sort of what I wish that I had thought of for my own show so I could branch off and talk about other stuff. So I live vicariously through you guys, and I, I consistently talk to you know virtually both of you when you guys are when you guys are potting and I have the opportunity to listen in. And uh, I just I really appreciate your show. I, I love what it brings to the table. I love the dynamic that you and Marky Mark have. you you're both very similar, but you're also both very different. Um, where, where you just seem to have a really good time so can you tell us a little bit about um where the idea came from for this podcast uh you know what sort of direction are you going to continue to head in with it and uh where can everybody find you
1: Yeah, so United We Fan, we are part of this this Live podcast network. So next uh, Sunday night, April twenty fifth, we're going to do United We Fan Plus, which, as you said earlier, focuses around Disney Plus, kind of what's on, what's coming, what you may be missing, um, kind of stuff. So that's that's a lot of fun, and that was originally my idea for what what we what we turned out to be is is we wanted it to be narrow enough that you kind of bring in people, um, but not so broad or not so narrow that you're that you're stuck. You know what I mean? So um, for me, it was a kind of what earth's mightiest weirdos has turned out to be is talking mostly Marvel. Um, That's kind of what my original thought process was But Mark. He's, he's a Broadway guy. He's, he's a lot more branched out than I am. Um, For me, if we talk what's on Disney plus, then I get to talk Marvel. I get to talk star Wars and I get to talk Gordon Bombay and the mighty ducks. And I'm happy. Um, But Mark's Mark's a lot more experienced. He reads a lot more than I. do. Well, anybody reads a lot more than I do. But um, he does Broadway. He does he does all those kinds of things. He's he's the DC guy of the group. Um, so yeah. but we get to talk about all different kinds of stuff. Those kind of my favorite episodes are talking about like baseball movies or football movies, um, yeah. stuff like that. Mark always gives me crap that that he doesn't think Remember the Titans is that good, and that's when oh. I just go off the rails and and go go at him for that but no we we talk about everything so this this particular week we had several weeks off um so there's a lot of news for us to catch up on so a lot of this week is is catching up on the news and and everything mm-hmm. else but it, it doesn't box us in we talked we talked forever about um the space jam trailer and then we go right into the astronomical amount of budget that the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon has a $465 million budget for a TV show. Like Jeff Bezos found it in his couch, I'm sure, but still like, that's insane. Um, <laughs> right. So then we, we talk about, we talk about all kinds of, all kinds of stuff stemming from that. And then we talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is my yep. personal favorite animated film of all time. Um, yep. And technically like that's Marvel, but it's not even, it's not even Disney Marvel. So, um, right. but I will extend the official invitation to the wolf himself to branch out and come and discuss the office with us on our
0: next episode. I will happily oblige. And uh, I declare I'm coming on. I can't wait. I am. I'm excited to talk about the office. The (laughs) office is probably uh, one of my favorite series uh, outside of the Disney world uh, stuff. I Michael Scott and I, and Jim like if the two of them could combine, that would be me in almost every regard. So I consistently pretend that there's a camera somewhere, and I just look at it like, "You seeing this? Are are you all seeing what's going on right now?" So I do that a lot. So especially when I'm at work. Um. So it is again,
1: it is my uh, favorite series of all time. So yeah, um, it's gonna be a fun co- It's gonna be a fun conversation.
0: Yes, I have taken extensive uh, notes. In case the day should ever come, I I, I I took a lot of notes yesterday. I am excited to talk with you and and, and really just, just be on United We fan. Like I like I said, whenever I'm in my truck and I'm listening to you guys, whether I'm whether I'm on lunch or I'm driving in or I'm driving home, I'm consistently talking to you guys about your opinions. And you know, you guys, like I said, you guys just have such an awesome dynamic. I enjoy the hell out of your show. So Wolfpack, if you're not listening to United We Fan, please, 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 please take two seconds, close out of this, head over to the Apple uh, Podcast uh, app, type in United We Fan. They've got the coolest uh, cover art I've ever seen. Click on it, hit subscribe, listen to the next episode, and. The wolf himself, myself, Ethan, I will be on uh, their next episode. So I'm excited about that too. So, uh, Brian, I thought it would be fun. Um, I wanted to dig a little bit more into your parks, love. I wanted to play a game with you. Um, the, the game is really simple, it's called Worth the Wait. I wanted to figure out what are some of the things that you are going to be waiting for or what are some of the things that you would probably pass depending on how long it is. You kind of gave us one earlier that I was a little surprised by with Haunted Mansion. You said if it's a half hour or more, I'm walking right by. So the first one that I have for you is a fan favorite. It's called Space Mountain. I'm sure you've heard of it. And the wait time for this on average, I'm going to say is 60 minutes. Are you waiting or are you walking by?
1: Uh, Man, I feel like I'm on the price is right. That was a good call. Um, 60 minutes is right my line. Um, So 60 minutes, I I will wait.
0: Okay, very cool. I think 60 minutes is normally, I feel like that's what I walk up to when I've been around for a little while i've probably already done it because i go right when i go to magic kingdom but 60 minutes i think is about right um let's head over to splash mountain i'm curious this one it really depends on when you get there but it's also usually sometimes somewhere between 45 to 60 minutes so let's say that it's 50 minutes for splash mountain is this something that you're going to wait for oh
1: 100 my line for splash is 90 um, Ooh, it's my favorite. Nice. It's my favorite Magic Kingdom attraction, especially if it's really, really hot outside. Um, yeah. I and you can listen to United. We fan. I'm not thrilled. I don't love Princess and the Frog. Um, yeah. I, I'm not excited for the re-theme. Um, sure. And it has nothing to do with anything other than I grew up on Splash Mountain. I love Splash Mountain. I mm-hmm. love zippity doo Just all of it. My line for Splash yeah. Mountain is the highest in the magic kingdom and i would i would maybe do if it's really really hot outside maybe do 100 minutes uh 90s 90s my line. so 50 i'm absolutely doing it
0: no way that's awesome very very cool um i would like to take you over to hollywood studios i think um obviously star tours is one of those rides where it's hit or miss sometimes one of the, the machines can be down. So you're you're limited to how many you can get in, how many people can get in. So I put this at 45 minutes for Star Tours. Are you waiting for, for the experience of Star Tours? And what is your wait time? I, 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 that's that's an awesome play on that.
1: 40, 45's a little bit long, only from the standpoint of if you go right at the end of the night, it'll be posted 25 and it'll actually be eight or nine um yep. 45 i would i would pass and come back later awesome uh, okay. my line is probably tw- 25 for 20 to 25 if it okay. was rex if it was old original star tours which we actually talk about on united we fan this week coming out on wednesday um yeah. if it was rex i would i would wait to 45 i really want. nice good to know
0: good to know um so i'm not gonna put a time limit on this one but I feel like this particular ride, it's a newer ride, it's Galaxy's Edge. You've got um Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. I feel like this ride has gotten a lot of I won't call it hate cuz that's not the right word, but it it hasn't been as well received as I think it I think it should be. What was what, what is your take on Smuggler's Run? Do you like it? Is it missing something? Is it not is it not doing it for you?
1: It, it's not. It's not missing anything for me. Um, I so I went to Galaxy's Edge in July of 2019 when they announced the opening dates. They announced the end of May for Disneyland, and they announced it was originally late fall. So when they yeah. announced the opening dates, and, and all of a sudden it was August 29th of 2019 when when um, Galaxy's Edge was going to open in Florida. We'd already kind of made plans to go to Disneyland. Cause I didn't want to wait until late fall. And then it was, well, we could cancel our trip and wait a month and go here. Or the mother-in-law is already coming to town to watch the kids. We can go to California, just the two of us. Yeah, let's do that. So we went out yeah. to Galaxy's Edge um, out in California first. And uh, it was, it was everything I I dreamed of, man. Like the queue line, like getting to, excuse me, getting to sit inside the Millennium Falcon, that's mm-hmm. the coolest experience of my life. Like, yeah. It, it's it's unbelievable to me that they were able to create a Millennium Falcon simulator, and it's not the e-ticket attraction of the land. Um, yep. I know I know the character of Hondo Onaka. I think he's a great character, voiced by mm-hmm. the great Jim Cummings, who's also the voice of Winnie the Pooh. For all you haters out there, um, <laughs> but I love I love Hondo. So like that was cool for me. The mission itself is is hit or miss for me. Um, okay. I I do like going on it. I'm a really competitive person. So I really enjoy going on it with people who are taking it as seriously as me to try and get as many Corelli and freighters as you can. Right. Um, so I really like when people try and there's not a five or six year old at the, at the pilot seat, like my five or six year old, like I'm not throwing shade because it's usually my kid. Um, <laughs> but for, for me, there's other missions that exist. The cast members out in California before the attraction opened we're able to try all four missions. And for whatever yeah. reason, Disney's decided to stick it just on the Corellian mission. And I don't understand why other than, okay, this attraction has been open for a couple of years. Let's get it rejuvenated and, and release more missions. Um, right. And for me, like that's the issue with Star Tours is if I get what I want, then I prefer mm-hmm. the, the adventures to continue. If I get Hoth in the middle and then I get the Death Star 2, and Boba Fett chasing me down with a seismic charge at the end, then I really do prefer the Adventures Continue Star Wars version. But overall, yeah. I've been to Chic and I've been pod racing, and I've been to Jakku so many darn times that I don't... I, I miss the DJ Rex version, or the Captain Rex version. Um, yeah. But so for me, a very roundabout answer to your question is, I think they did the best that they could with the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's run, especially for what it's supposed to be. When yeah. we get those extra missions... I will wait an hour and a half or two hours to write it. Um, yeah. right now I've done that Corelli admission so many other times that I think, um, depending on who I'm with, uh, about an hour is my limit.
0: Gotcha. Understood. Um, so I, I want to just bring you over to, you said you were a competitive. One of my favorite competitive games in Hollywood studios is toy story mania. Um, let's say 45 minutes for this is that something that you enjoy? that the kids enjoyed are, are you a fan
1: yes absolutely 45 minutes is about where where i'm at there i really do enjoy that attraction i don't waste my time warming up with the pies not worth it i'm gonna save yeah. my strength um <laughs> uh, uh, can i can i give a wolf tip am i allowed to do so
0: yes please absolutely
1: so if there's two of you really getting competitive on it the goal is within your first five seconds of the aliens on the rocket ship is to get every alien on that rocket ship down as fast as possible. Because if you do it within five seconds, then the course changes and you get a Zerg that opens his mouth. And all you got to do is shoot the rings into his open mouth and they're worth like $2,000 apiece. So if you're trying to break that 200000 level, that is the way to do it. So you need wow. to, you, you take the top half and your partner take the bottom half of the rocket ship and then the course changes and you can get 50,000 more points on that course than you would any other chance. And that's, for me, that's the only way I, not the only way, that is typically the only way I break 200,000. And usually I get around 245 to 250 when I accept, when I accomplish that.
0: Dang, that is so cool, Brian. I did not know, A, I did not know that it did that. B, I am that player who gets like 196 197 notoriously and my accuracy is always on point like i always have a really good game but i can't break that 200 threshold i get so frustrated so now i know now we know that is an awesome wolf tip let me ask do you have any other wolf tips for the uh for the crowd out there as a as a cast member
1: if you want to cheat like mark valentine Oh, I uh, just needed to throw a little shade out there. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. But check out Mark Valentine's uh, video on Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin on where those uh, where those targets are at. I don't know. I'm sure there's other tricks to Toy Story Mania. I don't know any of them other than that Zerg one. Um, Interesting. But other than that, Wolf Tips use the writer use the writer switch to your oh. utmost advantage. So for you and the Facebook user, you have no kids to use the writer switch for. But when you've got a baby, use it to get the to get your other kids on
0: mm-hmm. everything
1: twice because the kids yeah. will be ecstatic. And uh, most people know about the rider switch, but they still don't know how to quite use it. I am not saying abuse it. Don't do anything dishonest, but make sure you use it to the utmost advantage.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, the last, the last ride that I wanna bring you over to is Soren. It's my personal favorite. Uh, I'm gonna put this at 60 minutes. I think it's maybe a little bit long, but for Soren, which I know you said you prefer Soren over California, but Soren over the world, 60 minutes is that something that you're waiting for?
1: So, I, I, it is now five years ago when there was the crowd games where you had to get the crowd to do the games on the video board and and whatever you couldn't pay me to stand in that i i'm the sports fan that goes and i hate the wave i just i i just don't enjoy that kind of stuff those those crowd games it was Mm -hmm. too loud it was too busy for me um so i would only go on it if i wasn't gonna get wasn't gonna get stuck playing those games so that was what a 30 minute wait probably Um, yeah i I really, I really enjoy the additional, uh, concourse C, which has added the efficiency of that ride tremendously. Um, the only reason I prefer one, I love the golf ball that comes flying at you. Um, but two, I love the orange grove smell. Like that's really why I like soaring over California more. Um, but soaring over the world, like I know it's, it's one of your favorites. I, if, if you told me soaring or test track, I'm going to pick test track. Yep. Um, even though tron track it's not really my not really my thing um for the same reason i don't i don't i wish you could actually customize your cars more like i almost wish they kept your score a secret until the very end um rather than because i'm i'm competitive man like i gotta get into the 230 range like that's what i'm shooting for i want the top car of the day but uh in toy story mania i'm just shooting for the top score of the hour i can never do top score of the day because i just don't know how but (laughs) <laughs> I uh, no, I soaring 60s about my about my limit living with the land is actually my personal favorite Epcot attraction just for what it nice. is and the wait times um, but even that like 20 20 to 30 is probably my limit at living with the land but I really yeah. enjoy that attraction yeah
0: no living with the land I think is an underdog attraction I would say uh, anytime that I've gone on it we usually get on it's walk on or it's like maybe five to ten minutes So it is, it's a, it's an underdog attraction that I think doesn't necessarily get as much appreciation as it should. And uh, it definitely is an awesome way to sort of look at the way the world or our our land helps us and nourishes us and all those things. So uh, great,
1: great, 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 great. Um,
0: It's great for looking
1: for hidden, hidden Mickey's as well. It's the hidden Mickey treasure trove. Very,
0: very true. Uh, Brian, again, Dude, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you. Um, I, I've really get, I've enjoyed getting to know you and Marky Mark through the multiple things that we've been uh, collaborating with, and uh, it's really been cool to uh, to have you on this platform. I'm hoping that I can get and schedule a time to have Marky Mark come on, and, and we can we can do pretty much a similar conversation and uh, talk all things uh, Disney with him as well. So I, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time, and I most certainly hope and wish you. The best of luck in this next chapter of yours, and um, you know, hope that with your love for sports, your your passion for um, sports management, and things of that nature, and, and and obviously your master's degree, I hope that it plays out for you the way that you want it to. And um, please know that you know if there's anything that I can do to continue to help, please let me know. I'm I'm a appreciative of you, and I'm looking forward to, to talking some office stuff with you. That'll be a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely if the abs meet the Bruins in the Stanley Cup the only thing you could do for me is put on some uh, maroon and blue.
0: All right, we'll uh we'll see what happens. Oh that that, that could be a fun little uh wager we could do. We'll, <laughs>
1: we'll have to figure
0: something out. <laughs> but uh but no no, like I said, thank you so much. I Bye. hope that uh I hope Go ahead.
1: I just want to say I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I hope, yeah. uh, like I said, catch up on the Wolf of Main Street first, and then come on over to United We Fan.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I look forward to uh, to, to being on with you, talking some uh, office stuff and Wolfpack. If you haven't yet, since I told you to do it a little while ago, close out the app, head over to uh, United We Fan, the podcast, subscribe, listen, hear these guys out. They talk about so many awesome things that we all know, we all enjoy. And uh, it really provides for awesome conversation. Until then, Wolfpack, please remember to be kind, wash your hands, and we will see you real soon. Wookie, a WDW podcast, is brought to you by Enchanting Escapes by Lori. Lori and her team are there to help you plan your dream vacation. So whether that's Disney, Universal, or any other destination, the Wolfpack can leave the details to them and enjoy the beauty of your destination without the hassle of the planning. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourself, Wolf, why in the world would I want to pay someone to plan my vacation? You're all about giving the tips, the Wolf tips. Well, luckily, it is completely free to utilize their services. Having to pay someone more is a complete misconception. Utilizing the master planning of Lori or one of her team members will actually save you money by always price monitoring and applying deals or promotions to your reservation. They are the ones that have to stay on hold for hours. So that way you don't have to. Disney actually pays them to take care of your every travel need and they're also there to deal with any problem that may arise while you're visiting the park. So instead of spending your valuable time at the front desk, you could be in the parks with your family while Lori is on the phone dealing with any problem. Are you interested in a free quote? Head over to EnchantingEscapesbyLori.com and let Lori start planning your dream vacation today. Again, that's www. Enchanting Escapes by Lori L-O-R-I dot com.